On the 8th of May in the year 1373, when Julian of Norwich was 30 years old and suffering from what was considered to be a terminal illness, she experienced a series of 16 visions which revealed aspects of the love of God. Following her recovery, she spent the next 20 years of her life pondering their meaning and recorded her conclusions in what became the first book written by a woman in English, The Revelations of Divine Love. At an unknown point in her life, she became an anchoress attached to the church of St. Julian in Norwich, and she died around the year 1417. Now, as an anchoress, she was a woman who had set herself apart for God, and she lived isolated in a cell. And recognizing her need for a deeper love of Christ, she appealed to God for three things, a stronger understanding of Christ's passion, a sickness unto death while still young, allowing her to experience all that a body and soul experience in death, but without actual death, so that she might learn to live more mindful of God. And three wounds, absolute contrition, kind compassion, and steadfast longing toward God. And it seemed that her unusual prayer was being answered as she became deathly ill. Everyone around her despaired of her life, and she also believed that she was dying. The last rites were administered to her, and then a wonderful thing happened. Julian experienced what a future generation might describe as a near-death experience. At the crisis of her sickness, between four and nine one afternoon, she received 15 showings or revelations. She reported that heaven opened to her. She beheld Christ in his glory, and she saw the meaning and power of his sufferings. She also saw Christ's mother Mary exalted and beloved. In her 13th showing, Julian received a comforting answer to a question that had long troubled her. In my folly before this time, I often wondered why, by the great foreseeing wisdom of God, the onset of sin was not prevented. For then, I thought all should have been well. This impulse of thought was much to be avoided, but nevertheless, I mourned and sorrowed because of it without reason and discretion. But Jesus, who in this vision informed me of all that is needed by me, answered with these words and said, it was necessary that there should be sin, but all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. And these words were said most tenderly, showing no manner of blame to me nor to any who shall be saved. In this, she recognized the compassion she had prayed for. She was impressed with her need to be joyful in all circumstances, however adverse, and for no particular reason except this, that all things will ultimately be put right by Christ. 
The following night, Julian received a final 16th showing while she slept. In it, Satan and his hosts assailed her, but God gave her grace and she fixed her eyes on the crucified Christ and trusted that because of his suffering and victory over sin, he could protect her. And he delivered her from the demonic jeers and mutterings. Now this week is the fourth consecutive week of prayer in the Diocese of London in preparation on Sunday for the great feast of Pentecost. And this year we join with Christians around the country responding to the encouragement of the archbishops of Canterbury and York to spend focused and dedicated time in prayer for all Christians to deepen our relationship with Jesus so that we may have confidence to share our faith that all may respond to the call of Christ to follow him. And Julian of Norwich, as we just heard, is a wonderful example to us of prayer which leads to revelation and understanding. She says to us, our Lord is most glad and joyful because of our prayer and he expects it and he wants to have it. For with his grace, it makes us like to himself in condition as we are in nature and such is his blessed will. For he says, pray wholeheartedly, though it seems to you that this has no savor to you. Still, it is profitable enough, though you may not feel that. Pray wholeheartedly, though you may feel nothing, though you may see nothing. Yes, though you think that you could not, for in dryness and in barrenness, in sickness and in weakness, then is your prayer most pleasing to me, though you think it almost tasteless to you. And so is all your living prayer in my sight. So Julian encourages us to persevere in prayer because prayer unites the soul to God. For though the soul may always be like God in nature and, and, and in substance restored by grace, it is often unlike him in condition through sin on our part. Then prayer is a witness that the soul wills as God wills and it eases the conscience and it fits us for grace. And so he teaches us to pray and to have firm trust that we shall have it. For he beholds us in love and wants to make us partners in his good will and his work. May it be so for each one of us. Amen.